When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. It is a Tuesday edition of the show, and we are very excited because we have an awesome guest and a great topic to talk about today from his article that was titled, Carlton Davis Bows to No Man. Carlton Davis Fears No Man either. We are going to have Tyler Dunn from the Go Long podcast and Go Long website on the show. We'll get to him in just a moment. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place, SR Scott Reynolds. And Tyler, joining us for the show, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for uh, for having me on. It's a pleasure. It's been awesome to just see how many Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans there are when you read a story like this. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Passionate, passionate crew. I love it. Well, you certainly had a passionate topic. Carlton Davis doesn't get much more passionate than that guy. I mean, there's there was no pretense about him. There was no sugarcoating, as you found out. Uh, yeah, he's he's certainly one of a kind. And uh, you know, I, I think the He's established himself as one of the better cornerbacks in the league, one of the higher paid cornerbacks in the league. And I think he's still ascending. I think that there's still some some room to grow for him. Um, I, I think there's some Pro Bowls in his future if he can hang on to the ball and get some more interceptions. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to, to dive right in and just, um, you know, you're you don't you're not a, a Bucks beat writer. Right. You you covered the NFL. Um, you've got a, a couple of, uh, of great social media endeavors that Buck fans should check out here on the scroll. Make sure you follow uh, Tyler at Ty Dunn. That's on Twitter. And then also his YouTube channel, Go Long TD. Of course, TD stands for touchdown and Tyler Dunn. That's a great initials right there. Yeah. And then also where you can find all the great articles, uh, golongtd.com. And uh, that's a Substack um, endeavor that you have. And that's that's where you, you wrote this article on Carlton Davis. So what was the origin of this? What made you want to pick... Carlton Davis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year in the offseason to cover and just talk about how that that process began for you. No doubt. And thanks again for for having me on. And it's awesome to see what you guys have built, um, you know, with your own bare hands. So have such a respect for for that, you know, cut away from corporate USA. Just do it your way. I think people love it. They respect it. And that's honestly, I guess, big picture. These are the kind of stories I love to do. I just feel like in a world of social media slop and gifs and memes and, you know, we're all kind of getting dumber, you know, on purpose <laughs> yeah. by a lot of these companies. Yes, um, indeed. I, I think that this kind of way of uh, approaching the job allows people to maybe take their brains back. If you want to just sit down, learn about somebody for a half hour. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that goes a long ways. I mean, Hey, we're all, we're all pouring millions upon millions of dollars into pro football into the NFL. Yeah. Um, we don't, we, we should all get more than just, uh, you know, podium talk right. and dribble, you know, just, 
And I, I got kind of um, disillusioned with seeing the business go that direction. Mm-hmm. So around November 2020, right when the Bucks were going on the Super Bowl run, yeah, I launched Go Long, human interest stories, profiles, try to lift up the curtain on how pro football really works. And I first connected with Carlton then, um, a week before the Super Bowl. Just got his number, gave him a call, mm-hmm. fully expected him to hear a voice that he didn't recognize and hit click and screw this guy calling me from Buffalo, New York. <laughs> was not the case. I, I, it interests me back then because we all saw what happened against Tyreek Hill in round one. Yeah. It was ugly. What was it? 269 yards, three touchdowns, yeah. uh, CBS four o'clock slot. So we all saw it. Right. It, it was bad. I, and I guess I was just kind of intrigued where I like his style. Yeah. He's in your face. Um, and I love the, the spat with Michael Thomas, right? There yeah. at it. it was kind Slant of boy. <laughs> Slant By the way, Michael Thomas has deleted his tweets. Carlton Davis's tweets are still up. So really, that's interesting. Yeah, so there's a lot. <laughs> that right is there. interesting. Yeah. Um, so I just called him up and asked him about round two. You know, what was his state of mind? And he didn't back down that. He said, look, yeah. I'm going to get up in his grill. I'm going to use my hands. I'm going to be violent. That's the way I play. And he kind of mentioned in passing, it's because of where I grew up in Miami gardens and he, he touched on his past. He didn't really want to go that yeah. deep. I mean, I'm just a schlub calling him out of nowhere on, on yeah. the phone. Why would you? So fast forward to this off season, nobody's talking about the bucks. They basically been left for dead. You know, I think I, mm-hmm. I wrote in the story. It's like, like they have no pulse. Yeah. It seems like actually they're the, they're the forgotten team, yeah. but I'm looking at their roster. I'm like, there's some, some pretty good players here. Yeah. Jack Barrett, Carlton Davis. We're trying to tell everyone. Yeah. Davis. Yeah, they, they, they kept some of these players too. So even with the dead money with Brady's contract, they're clearly going for it. Right. Uh, so I just contacted um, the Bucks. You know, when I do these stories, there's a lot of different avenues you can take. And yeah. Just reach out to a guy directly, go through agents, go through the teams. The team was really great to deal with. Um, they quarterbacked the whole deal. Yeah. I was able to sit down with Carlton Davis, and he knew going in it wasn't going to be a 10-minute you know, X's nose talk. It was going to be right. – probably an hour plus and yeah. he was willing to go there, go many different directions. Well, let's, let's give Buccaneer fans, our pewter people, our people watching our pewter report, uh, TV, YouTube channel, uh, audience, a little taste of Carlton Davis. You've, you've seen him before. I mean, he's no stranger. He's been here since 2018, but th- this is a little bit of podium Carlton Davis, uh, where it's PG, PG 13. And then we'll get into the good stuff that Tyler Dunn got in his interview after you get a little taste of Carlton here. I mean, I never really paid attention to any of that stuff. Um, honestly, I'm like oblivious to it. Even when Tom was here, uh, of course we got a lot of attention, but yeah. I was that was never my focus. Like I was never like feeding off of it or yeah. or you know motivated by it or anything like that. So for me, it's just another season to prove ourselves again. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, people are underrating us, but that's, I think that's a good thing because you know when we punch you in the mouth. You know, it'll be, oh, man, okay, the same, you know, team, same culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a, a great opportunity for guys like any everybody, you know, not even just myself, everybody to prove ourselves and, and show how great of a player uh, individually we are mm-hmm. and how we can come together as a team and still have that same culture and that winning mentality. So that's a little taste there, Matt. We we see that Carlton Davis sometimes uh, up the, at the podium, and and then there's some times where he gets a little feisty when the cars aren't in front of him. You know, is it seems to kind of ratchet up a little bit. And and Tyler, I think you got a heavy dose of of that Carlton Davis. And and I think with with each day that goes on with this off season, and you mentioned it, you know, this power rankings comes out. 
Bucks are ranked 30th. This one comes out. They're ranked 27th. The way too early mock draft comes out. Bucks are picking first overall or fifth overall. And it just seems like, like the tension is boiling in this guy. He can't wait to get to Minnesota in week one and, and get this thing started. That's probably the best way to put it, that it's boiling. In conversation, like it, it felt like a steady build of pent-up emotion, passion that bordered on anger, really. Yeah. When he's breaking down that matchup with Jamar Chase and saying, look, like who's doing this? Who's shadowing number one receivers? Look at the numbers. Look at the stats. Look at the yeah. build. And he, that's when he really started to get kind of worked up. And I don't blame him when people are basically referring to your team as dead and the yeah. season hasn't even started yet. And, and, and you take it as seriously as you do when you're Carlton Davis. Yeah, you're going to get pissed off. You're going to let people know that this is what's going to happen. This is how we're going to attack this season. This is how I'm going to attack the wide receiver in front of me. And I think it's unbelievably refreshing. And I, I guess kind of at the heart of the, the story and at the heart of Carlton Davis's approach, it's and why I think he's right, why I, I do think Tampa Bay can win nine games this year, can make yeah. the playoffs. Football is just – it's not one this time of year. It's not one on a right. spreadsheet. Right. Mathematical equations. It's, it's hard to put your finger on it, but when you're lined up the line of scrimmage and you need a yard or you need to stop a team from gaining a yard and everything's on the line, like you've just got to dig in. And, and, and it, there's something intrinsic and intangible that you either have or you don't have. Yeah. That's why we took it all the way back with Carlton like, like we did. I mean, it starts in – when he's six, seven – years old and going right. to Navy training with his dad. And yeah. Cops are going off at youth games and there's drug dealers betting tens of thousands of dollars on your game and you're seeking shelter. It's, it's, it was nuts. Yeah. Of course he's not going to feel pressure around to a Tyree kill. When right. he yeah. That's why I love, like even in the beginning you were talking about Carlton played in the Super Bowl, and he was like, that wasn't pressure playing in an NFC championship game against some of the top receivers. That's not pressure. Everything that you laid out about, you know, gambling tons of money on middle schoolers playing football right. is absolutely unreal. Um, but I, I'm glad you brought up the, the Jamar Chase game. And I loved what you wrote in this story. Um, I think Carlton said it, and you mentioned it as well, that Carlton looks at it uh, like a boxing match, a real one-on-one. And you, you get it at its best when it's wide receiver against cornerback. And I think why that stood out so much to me is that when you bring up that, like, he got in, him and his family got in a lot of fights, you know, early in that school, you kind of see that portray onto the field with the Jamar Chase game and why he played so well. And I always go back to, I've mentioned this before on podcasts and, and writing about it. The game that put Carlton Davis on the map was like early in his career, I believe the 2019 season. He went up against DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. and he was still with the Texans, and had probably his best game of his career at that time. He has since gone right. on and done very well. And Carlton just craves for those types of matchups. And it just – you get so much more of an understanding when you when you read your story between, you know, the fights that he was getting into, uh, how he just kind of, kind of likes to antagonize people, why he's going on Twitter, going up against Michael Thomas. It, it really, like, pieced everything together. And I love the the boxing analogy of it. I appreciate that, man. It's, it's, it's true. And, and Carlton kind of pointed out that a lot of corners – probably do get psyched out by the the aura around some of these receivers when they've yeah. got a million and a half followers and oh there's Stefan Diggs at a fashion show in in France and you know Justin Jefferson but the gritty taking out a life of its own I mean right. all of these guys uh, are, are celebrities they, they really are be Tyree kill and 
I think whether they admit it or not, a lot of cornerbacks step up to the line of scrimmage and are kind of, that stuff kind of weighs down on them. Like, all right, I saw the highlights of this guy just torching the cornerback the week before. Maybe I'm not going to necessarily be that aggressive at the line of scrimmage with five foot eight, five foot nine Tyree Kill because if I miss, yeah, I'm going to be surprised. <laughs> I'm going to be on Sports Center and Instagram and yeah. everybody's feed for all of the wrong reasons, and I don't want to deal with that. So I'm just going to play off, you know, play a little soft. Maybe I got a little help inside. Maybe I have a little help over the top. No, Carlton Davis is going to be in your face. He's going to treat those five yards, which is great about football still. The sport's going soft. Yep. It drives me insane. Me too. It's not what it used to be. All of that. I'm the old man throwing the remote against the TV. But it, it's still football those five yards. You can do what yeah. you want. Good good luck to you because if you miss, you will lose. But as uh, was it Zion McCollum, I mean, he, yeah. he yeah. broke it down. It's like he's punching holes through guys' chests. I mean, he really mm-hmm. is punching you because it's legal right then. And he wins more often than he loses because it also just throws the timing off. I mean, these quarterbacks yeah. get the ball out. So quick, so quick. That yeah. if you can just throw it off a little bit, as Ian said, that then that quarterback has to look to the other side of the field, and you just eliminated half the field. There's no metric for that, right? Yeah. You're not getting credit in the stat book for that. But I think Carlton Davis has that type of effect on the defense too. I love this quote from Carlton here, and uh, you know, I've been in these these type of interviews before with different players where the quotes are so great, it really just writes the story for you, right? And, and it's awesome when you have a subject to deliver like this, where I'm not saying you didn't do any work because you did. You did fantastic work telling this story. But, man, uh, I personally enjoy uh, effing up everybody. I personally enjoy me being the best version. I enjoy taking it to people. I enjoy making them pay. It's not a particular person. I'm personally invested into my career being great. That comes with me effing you up, locking you down, putting my hands on you. And, uh, you know, like you can write that, right? You can watch film and you can write that. But to hear him say it and the film backs that up, that's one of the things I really enjoy about Carlton Davis is is he he will run his mouth, but he does it in a non-antagonistic way. He does it in a way that he is so comfortable in his own skin. And it's not really geared towards anybody else. He's not throwing shade at other receivers. He's doing this. To tell himself, this is what is going to happen on Sunday. This is what I'm going to do. I totally agree. It's not like I sat down with Carlton Davis at Bucks HQ and he instantly just started talking smack and going after anybody doubting this team, saying they'll be just fine without time. Like, no, that, that stuff kind of came up organically right. about an hour into the conversation. Yeah. So it's just who he is. It was just over, you know, I, I try not to have interviews with players. I, I, I want to have conversations where we're, yeah, we're yeah. just talking. Exactly. And if you're that confident, if that's what you truly believe, then you don't care who hears it. You don't care if Stephen A. Smith is talking about you or Colin Cowherd or players right. are going on TV and they're, they're all shook. Uh, it's so refreshing. I'm telling you, it's so it's so refreshing to um, sit down with a player. who, and, and a lot of guys are like this, which is good. But yeah. They say what they really mean, and it's not just clouded in just fluff. It's not sanitized in Purell right. because that's what they think should be heard and said. And no, like yeah. when you've been through everything Carlton Davis has been through, yeah. hell yeah, let's go. Let's yeah. let, let's win at the line of scrimmage. Let's punch you. And I, I kind of love the um. He it, he it was unintentional, but there's such an analogy between that that five yards that he has now. 
where he's trying to punch you and fight you and be a boxer. And when he would play on the street back in Miami Gardens, yeah. right? Where yeah. he'd go block to block with his brothers. And he's got that little strip of uh, grass between the road and the sidewalk where you were allowed to hit kids there. <laughs> Not necessarily on the street, even though people did, and then fights broke out. But right. there's that little zone as well when I grew up. It very much felt like, with everything you just said and, and in the story, that Carlton had to grow up like rather quickly. And I think, I'm curious to get your opinion on this, I think because he had to grow up quickly, it gave him a, a self-confidence almost right away that you kind of see on the field and that you see even in the interview, you know, for example, when you put in the story that Carlton saw you writing something down, then you said, I didn't get bullied. Make sure that's a fact. I didn't get bullied. <laughs> and I just see that confidence carry with him throughout his whole career and coming to Tampa. Did you did you get that feeling as well? That's a great poll, man. Appreciate you bringing that up. It's true. Yeah. Like he was kind of breaking down the dynamics of South Florida, particularly his neighborhood in Miami Gardens, and he seeing kids get bullied. And I just was kind of jotting down maybe how he was saying it or something. Yeah. And he kind of saw me. It's like, Hey, Hey, hey Oh, I wasn't bullied. No, no, that wasn't me. Right. <laughs> but I think, um, look, a lot of players come from some, some, some brutal uh, neighborhoods, backgrounds yeah. that that's what makes the NFL and football special is, I mean, it, it can lift you out of where you are. I mean, Tamar Hamlin, I got to know really well a yeah. couple of years ago and McKeese rocks where he grew up. He said more than half of his friends, were dead or in prison by the time he was, you know, in high school. So it's, it's kind of nuts where these guys come from, but I'll say this, Carlton Davis, he took all of the good out of his situation. He, mm -hmm. he really did where yes, he is in the street and yes, a lot of his friends are putting a gun in their backpack for protection because yeah. they don't know what's going to happen to him. And a lot of those friends are then going down a very, very dark road yeah, maybe they're locked up. Maybe they're even dead today. But he he found a way to take the good of the street, the competitiveness, and the fact that they'd be playing street football until one a.m., two a.m. if they're on his grandmother's street because yeah. they have street lights. Yeah, and and also in school, like yeah, <laughs> especially his older brother. His older brother was the one getting into a lot of fights. Yeah, mm -hmm. when a lot of uh, quote unquote thugs, like you see on the screen, try to take yeah. it to him, and so that kind of. Oh, we just lost Tyler there. We'll have to get him back. Uh, I'm going to read these these quotes here while Tyler reconnects. Um, and, and this was a really fascinating part of the story, Matt, because you know it, we only get so much time, and what I mean by that is kind of shortened windows. Uh, right. You know, in open locker room, you get 45 minutes, and you're not going to have a 45 minute conversation with the player because they're going to be in, talk to the media for five or six minutes, and then and yeah, then they go ahead get and work out in or go it, to ex exactly, minute. yeah. But, but when you have a, a situation like this where Tyler can sit down and, and really go through the history of this, and, and this is what I thought was fascinating because, you know, I, I knew where Carlton came from. I've never had a conversation about his upbringing, and I think this is really important, you know, to who he is. These are a couple of quotes from Tyler's article here, and Tyler, I want your, your take on these, especially the second one here. The first one is Miami football is a religion, so you live and die by the park. If you're weak, you're going to get weeded out quickly because the environment is so hostile. It's a jungle. I had my brothers. We were a team together. People hate when you're not a thug. And that, that's really the one thing that you just said, Tyler, is it's, it's so easy to get caught up in that, that lifestyle, right? Uh, and, 
and where, where drugs and guns and, and, and gangs are prevalent in, in those types of neighborhoods. And, and he, he took a lot of pride in not going down that road. Why did he not? What steered him away from that and, uh, and, and kept him on the straight and narrow to, uh, to not get derailed and to go to Auburn and use that as, as a, a springboard to the NFL? I think it, it started at home where his his father, up until middle school anyways, was mm-hmm. present, mm-hmm. Um, which that's a, a whole other story that he kind of touched on. Didn't really want to go down that road. There's a lot of bad blood, he said there. Yeah. But in his childhood, his dad was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And when he's four years old and his brothers are playing youth football, there's Carlton running laps around the park at age five, age, age six, age seven, age eight. Uh, they go out to uh, – the sand pit right by the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. stadium where it's not there anymore, but just have them doing Navy training, yeah. running around this sand pit, having to carry a stick to kind of poke away the stray dogs. He said, um, <laughs> push ups, sit-ups, pull-ups. <clears throat> I mean, everything. So you have yeah. that element where his dad is kind of giving him structure and purpose. And it's not easy because it's also a hundred degrees, but then he also had a, a mother who was actually a correctional officer, but yeah. really wanted to introduce the arts and get him thinking in a completely different way, kind of using the other part of his brain. Yeah. So she was really into poetry and did a lot of poetry slams in South Florida. And, and Carlton would open up for her. I mean, he, he would just be in front of a packed room. Poetry slams were huge then. Mm-hmm. And his mom would write him a poem and he'd have to recite it in front of everybody, which <laughs> kind of, I mean, there's something there. I think that yeah. helps you as a cornerback when you're one-on-one sure. with Jamar Chase in front of millions where nothing's going to really phase you. It yeah. kind of started there. So he kind of had, you know, both, both, both sides and, and, and kind of get involved with two completely different things with two completely different types of parents. I think that served him really well. Um, also, yeah, I mean, he, he still was in the neighborhood he was in. So it's not right. like you can just completely avoid, um, you know, fights and right. the sights and sounds, especially when it's at your own youth football game. Yeah, for sure. And one of these, Guys loses a bet, and all of a sudden there's gunfire, and all of a sudden you're trying yeah. to find a place to avoid that gunfire at age, what, 10, 11, 12. I, I think, though, he was able to thread that needle and, and take the good out of it. Well, yeah. like you said, not go down the path a lot of his friends did. I mean, he's got a lot of friends that are locked up right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to ask you, I'm, I'm glad you just brought it up, about, like, the <laughs> other side of Carlton with, uh, like, going to the poetry slams and being in, uh, like, an elevated school that, you know, he learned – uh, French and Spanish because yeah. I remember like earlier with Carlton I like I remember a couple seasons ago he like posted something on his Instagram about uh TV show Rick and Morty and I remember talking to him in the locker room one day being like hey like you're a fan of that show and he's like yeah like I love it we started like chatting about that and everything like that and I've been trying to tell others like there's another side of Carlton and I didn't even know that he was doing you know poetry jams or uh you know just learning different things. Like there's a completely other side to him where yes, he is all business and, and physical and will go after a wide receiver, but you know, his relationship with his daughter, taking her to Disney, there's like a lot more to this guy that I think people don't even uh, realize. And I think that's why he's so beloved, like amongst his teammates as well. Like he's yeah. having so much fun with everybody. Obviously when you win a Super Bowl, you see it when they're all celebrating, but you're like, yeah, he gets along with everyone. As you see in that picture right there. And I just think, really tells another side of him yeah i think it does too where you can't just be uh angry and confrontational 
365. <laughs> like right. it, it's good. And he is Gilders wired that way. He, he is intense. Uh, he is competitive. He is passionate, but I, I think it served him well. I mean, to just have these other interests and, and you're right. He was at a, in a magnet school at such a young age with kids that were older with him. It kind of, kind of a weird dynamic too, where that school was like in of the building with middle school kids who are in the hood, he said. So, yeah. you know, you've got kids from all backgrounds, whether yeah. it, you're white, black. He said there was like a, a lot of Jewish kids from the Jewish community. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're getting bullied at lunch from middle school kids. And he's like, I can navigate my path, but I don't know why they were doing that in the Miami schools. Like, what are you thinking here? Right. It was a different world. Um, but I, I think it also all kind of speaks to the fact where, you know, if you're, if you've lived this way, and football was always your way out and you live this passionate and you attack the sport like you attack life that's got to help tampa bay right now and i don't yeah. know how you kind of put that into equation and figure it out but the fact that he wants it to become contagious that passion that intensity uh it's gonna help <laughs> yeah. I, I think that that's something a lot of teams don't really have and you're, you're trying to find those leaders and those players who have that perspective and know everything that led to this point. And t- Tampa Bay has that in a guy in Carlton Davis. You mentioned the, the fact that the Buccaneers are, are actually a pretty talented team. I mean, they have got nine players that have been to at least one Pro Bowl. On the defensive side, you're talking about uh, Levante David, Devin White, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea, Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, Carlton has not made it yet. Jamel Dean is also another Pro Bowl caliber player that I think if these guys can hang on to some more interceptions, it's it's been a bit of a challenge. I, I don't know that did you get into the the statistics side of it or, or the interceptions at all? It, was that something that you guys covered? You guys are probably watching this team um, play in and play out a lot more than me game in and game out. But yeah, it does sound like that's a focus. And it's funny. That's actually been a problem for Carlton Davis back to high school because, you know, he was a running back as a kid and dominated, whether he was on the street, on the field, wherever. And then all of a sudden he looked in the mirror and he was really, really tall and lanky and figured out, well, I can't really be a running back anymore. So he played receiver and he could shake DBs loose, but he couldn't catch the ball. Mm -hmm. And he said his coaches were brutal. I mean, just vicious (laughs) and and told him he was terrible and he sucked and he couldn't catch anything. Uh, And finally, eventually he started playing safety and it is true. He said in our conversation, he's like, yeah, just pull, pull up my highlights on YouTube. I linked it in the story as well. So you can find it there, but man, some of these hits, I thought it was Sean Taylor out there. I mean, this guy was lighting fools up at safety. And then he had a coach convince him to move to cornerback because he had, Xavier Rhodes, who was with the Minnesota Vikings, yeah. and everything worked out. Uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of been a problem for Carlton Davis in the past. I, he says he's working on it. Maybe he's at the jugs machine all the time, having people throw him the ball. But turnovers change games, and if he if he does add that element, yeah, when it comes to locking guys down, he believes he's the best cornerback in the NFL. I don't have the metrics in front of me. I'm just thinking back to the games I saw. Yeah. And talking to people around the league, I, I got to think he's right up there because nobody's really doing what he does. Right? Todd Bowles wants to blitz. He wants to send right, the yeah. house. That puts so much pressure on these corners when every rule is against you. The NFL is leaning into these gambling apps, which is kind of disgusting, kind of makes them out to be, you know, drug dealers themselves. I got a lot of thoughts on the gambling. Yeah. But the fantasy football, they want points. They want these games to be in the 40s. Right. And, and you're going to be out there one-on-one with Jamar Chase, Tyree yeah. Kill, 
Stephon Diggs. And now all of a sudden, you, you, you shut him down. Yeah, you shut him down. Then you become, you know, public enemy number one on on uh, Twitter from everybody who had Jamar Chase on their fantasy team that week, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're you're getting that's it. what he said. Yeah, you're you're getting it not just from Bengals fans, but you're getting it from NFL fans that that were ticked off because they lost their fantasy football game because Jamar Chase got shut down by Carlton Davis. And speaking of that, uh, this is this is what uh, Carlton uh, had to say too, and, and this really kind of uh, made your story go viral. I, I saw this kind of graphic with with this, these quotes all over Twitter. Uh, we're gonna wreck shit, like wreck shit. Interceptions, turnovers, plays will be made. I will say, plays will be made. And I, I got a sense that. Did this come at the middle or the end of the interview? Because this seems like when you're talking about it escalating and ratcheting up, this seems like kind of like Carlton, you know, he's already going through warmups the first 20, 30 minutes of the interview. Now it's game time and here it goes. <laughs> That's exactly what it felt like. You know, we're talking Miami Gardens and poetry slams and Navy training from dad and, you know, what it's like playing football in the street and drinking water from the hose. You know, yep. it's uh, he just lived outside. Um, and then all of a sudden it kind of steadily builds and builds. Okay, yeah, Jamar Chase. Look at the numbers. You know, who, who's shutting guys like that down? Like, all Everything he's been through is just perfect for the cornerback position, the mentality, everything that goes into it. And that anger kind of built up, up, up to the point where, yeah, he is ready to unleash a lot of fury on the NFL. I'm telling you, he he means what he says. This isn't a caricature, cartoonish. Like he's not trying to, you know, pretend to be. And I, I've talked to a lot of players like that. You know, when yeah. I was I was at Bleacher Report before I launched Go Long, and yeah, God bless him. Josh Norman was a lot of fun. Right. I did a Q and A with him once. Um, it kind of went viral as well. You know, he's mm-hmm. calling out guys by name: Odell Beckham, yeah, Des Bryant, and he's ready to just kind of take on the NFL. But there was always this kind of thought with Josh Norman. It's like, okay, he's, he is really trying to psych himself up. He's into yeah. the super scion, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Carlton is just speaking from the heart. Right. This is what he believes. This is how he feels. So where everybody else might see a team that is going to win three games, four games, draft Caleb Williams. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not thinking first overall pick. I'll tell you that. They're still right. thinking playoffs. They're still thinking Super Bowls, and Carlton Davis really wants to be the one who makes that type of thinking contagious to everybody when they start thinking this way and practicing this way and making plays in practice and talking smack. It can become contagious, I think, through OTAs and minicamp to an extent. Um, and, and Zion McCollum spoke to this as well. Yeah. Like, I, mm-hmm. I do think it's catching on. This is another great quote from Carlton in your story, and you did such a great job of – you know, of, of using what he gave you and then just fleshing it out and building and, and just having this thing flow. So it, it's a long read, but it's, it's, it comes off like a short read, right? It's like, yeah, it's kind of like when you watch an awesome movie and it's two hours and 30 minutes and it seems like it's an hour and a half. You're like, wow, it's already over. Right. It was that good. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, it, this is what Carlton had to say. And you kind of, I'm going to read the quotes and you kind of give me the context and, and, uh, and flesh it out for us here on the Peter report podcast. We're about to do it to him. Anybody who feels like we've lost Tom and lost something is going to be in for a rude awakening. 
a rude awakening. Tom was a great addition for us, but obviously it's a team sport. Obviously, you need components to be successful. We still have those components, and I'm only getting better. I think that this starts right there in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs when, you know, years from now when we're talking to our kids and grandkids and people are watching NFL films, they'll think of Tom Brady winning a ring without Bill Belichick. But everybody who saw that game knows it was the defense. That's right. It was this relentless, suffocating pass rush. I think Next Gen had it at 497 yards that Patrick Mahomes ran around before he was sacked or threw the ball. I mean, that's absurd. And it was was crazy to watch. I mean, I've never seen Patrick Mahomes flustered to that degree. And remember, this is a quarterback who was dominating – the second he started games in the NFL. Right. So it's not like he developed into this player who could become the best of all time. Yeah. No, he, he's been this good he, all he great in the box. Yeah. yeah. Well, the you Bucks know, you, just you, dominated you, him. You mentioned that Super Bowl, and it's interesting because that year when, when they lost, right before the bye week, they lost to the Chiefs 24-21. And you mentioned Tyreek Hill just torching Carlton Davis in the first quarter, uh, almost getting 200 yards. And, you know, a couple of touchdowns and um and then all of a sudden it's like the whole you know we're putting Carlton on Tyreek it's called you know cat coverage you you got that cat you get this cat you know and 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 uh it didn't work out too well right but then you could kind of see what was happening I was remember watching from the press box and and all of a sudden they started playing cover two and that's that's not a Todd Bowl staple whatsoever he is a cover one cover three as you said blitz and when you're blitzing um, you don't have enough guys to drop back in coverage, right? So you can't play cover two and blitz. You just don't have enough bodies because you're going to have to rush four and you're going to be dropping seven. But what he did was he went against his uh, his own better devices and and went with cover two, and it slowed Mahomes down. I think Mahomes only passed for 103 yards in the second half, and Kansas Kansas City had a big lead, and all of a sudden Tampa Bay – came back if they would have gotten the ball back one more time it would have been interesting to see yeah. bucks might have won that game but but that was kind of like the big storyline here and uh you know in and internally peter report our reporters we're talking about this game and we're like todd bowles figured it out like he's got the blueprint if if they play cover two with with this secondary right against patrick Mahomes, if, if they see the chiefs in the super bowl if they both get there it's gonna be a different story and it took a lot of restraint for Bowles to play a great deal of cover two and only rush four, but it certainly worked that day. And Carlton Davis uh, just, you know, had had obviously a, a 180 performance in terms of, of how he performed against the Chiefs. Man, that, that, I think that's every team's dream, right? If you can just rush four and cover, then you're going to be golden. Yeah. It, however you get pressure, though, whether you get it that way, which is ideal – or you have to blitz. I still feel like you just do it. I mean, because these quarterbacks are so good. Yeah. I mean, Joe Burrow saw it this year where a lot of teams were sitting back in cover two and it didn't matter. He was patient. Yeah. Still going to pick up by a thousand yeah. paper cuts where right? they right. ran the ball. Well, so that's why I kind of like Tampa too. Like they're going to get pressure one way or yep. another. And I think that that game, that moment just gave the core group on defense so much confidence that it doesn't matter if they mm. play Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts in the NFC, anybody yeah. um, that they're, they're going to be able to shut you down because granted it was, it was a while ago now, a couple of years, but you still have a lot of those 
the Shaq Barrett, Antoine Winfield, Carlton Davis, Levante David. Like you still have a core group of guys that they did it before. They really do believe that they can, they can do it again. And I'm, God, we could do an hour talking about the offense. That's a different conversation, yeah. but it does start on defense for the Bucks. Yeah, it, it does. And in this first quote here from your story uh, was was about that 2020 playoff run, about having to, you know, to go to New Orleans and beat Drew Brees in, in a place they had they lost seven straight games to the Saints, uh, about half of those in New Orleans, and then go to Aaron Rodgers' uh, home of of the frozen tundra at Lambeau former Field. Home. Yeah, former home. Um, and, and then, uh, play Patrick Mahomes. Right. And I mean, the, 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 in, in any playoffs that is, that's a murderer's row, right? I mean, to go from Drew Brees, uh, who still, you know, had the saints, you know, saints won the division that year. The Bucks didn't win it. That's why they were playing in New Orleans, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and, and Patrick Mahomes, uh, three hall of famers in a row. And the Bucks defense essentially got better each each game, and uh, and that's what Carlton says here. Ran through him, get the f out of here, and then he starts talking about this year. And let's kind yeah. of transition to this year. And our f and division is worse than it was before. So we run through this division, get to the playoffs, run through the playoffs, and it's the Super Bowl. He legitimately thinks there is a path for the non-Tom Brady Buccaneers this year to be the surprise team. And be counted out, overlooked, and uh, and make it all the way. He thinks there is a path to that, does he not? He, he certainly does. And, and this might have been a quote that there might be some people in the NFC South, like a little upset when they read this. I'll say yeah. Carlton, you know, when he's talking about the division being worse, I mean, he is kind of thinking back to that Super Bowl run, yeah. which that's mm-hmm. objectively true. I mean, Drew Brees sure. and that Saints team. Um, we still had Matt Ryan in Atlanta, right? You had, you had Matt Ryan in Atlanta. You had Drew Brees in New Orleans, right? Uh, you know, Carolina for a long while. I mean, when he was first playing as a rookie, Cam Newton was the quarterback, right? So, uh, totally. you know, yeah, he's he's used to the South being stout. Yeah. And really for the first time last year, it wasn't. But it, it was even in 2020. I, ex- ex- exactly. And, and they're still that, – that's the crew that's been there. And it's still at the forefront of their mind. I think that that's important too. It's not like this is a team they could they could have rebuilt. It would have been really easy for the Buccaneers to just yeah. look at the money they're eating with Tom Brady. Yeah. Sorry, Levante, we're going to put you up in the Ring of Honor one day. Oh, Jamal Dean, look, get your money somewhere. No, like they want to yeah. keep as many of the core guys around as they can because of comments like that. Because they know what it takes to go through that gauntlet. And I'll just say, offensively, we'll see. You guys probably know more than me in terms of like the nitty gritty personnel stuff. Carlton Davis is really excited about that offense. And I I think that he sees more efficient, uh, just just, just a rhythm and flow to the play calling that maybe wasn't there before. One place setting up the next. The quarterback isn't going to be a sitting duck. (laughs) Look, I mean, everybody wants Tom Brady. It's Tom freaking Brady. But Tom Brady at the end was not really the Tom Brady that – they saw in year one and year two in Tampa. Yeah, it's, so it's interesting because it's going to be different. This offense, uh, and you have to give Todd Bowles credit for two things. I think uh, number one, for understanding, hey, uh, this you know kind of hybrid Rams, 49ers, you know Shanahan McVay type yeah. offense that that Shane Waldron took from the Rams to Seattle over the last couple of years that Dave Canales brought from Seattle to Tampa Bay. This is. An offense, and Matt, you've seen it with me. 
Oh, yeah. That has given Todd Bowles' defense fits. Look at the, the 49ers game last year. Uh, the Rams games, uh, with, with the exception of last year, when that was a shell of the former Rams, I mean, they're, you know. Yeah, injuries left and, and right all yeah. over the place. Yeah, but he, he, he says, wow, this is a really challenging offense for my defense. And if it's challenging for my defense, it's going to be challenging for the league. And look no further. Rams win the Super Bowl. 49ers are always knocking on the door. Hey, let's bring this here to, to Tampa. And it's a, it's a, it's a horizontal-based attack, a lot of wide and mid-zone run schemes, a lot of quarterback bootlegs, waggles, rollouts. So it's getting the defense going side to side, and then they hit you with the vertical play-action elements. And, you know, you look at Seattle last year. With that, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith, 4,000-yard passer, journeyman, 32-year-old guy, bounced around the league, first-time Pro Bowler, NFL Comeback Player of the Year. They had 2,000-yard receivers and 1,000-yard rusher. It's a pretty damn good offense. And if Dave Canales, who I think Todd Bowles gets some credit for taking a risk on a guy that's not called yeah. plays before, but if he can become uh, you know, a uh, – it, it really, I think if he can become an average to above-average play caller in his first year, right? I mean, Kyle Shanahan had to start somewhere. He, he started calling exactly. plays someday. Same thing with Matt LaFleur, same thing with Zach Taylor, same thing with, with uh, Mike McDaniels. You have to start somewhere. And if this guy can start off on the right foot and be the complement to Todd Bowles' defense, you can kind of see why Carlton gets excited about watching this because he's faced it every day in practice. I think where everybody else is, is looking at the Bucks and sees Baker Mayfield. Right, like through all the quarterback madness of March and April and, oh, the Colts get Anthony Richardson and the Jets get Aaron Rodgers and everybody's playing the game of musical chairs. It's like to everybody else, the Bucks are the team left out. Like, yeah. They're getting this former first overall pick that didn't pan out with the, the Browns, didn't pan out with the Panthers and had a cup of joe with the Rams where yep. I, I think the Buccaneers are looking at this. And, and you had Dave Canales on your show. It was fantastic yeah. to, to yeah. check that out. They're looking at this more holistically, you know, as looking at the offense as a whole, like this offense is going to be completely different for all the reasons you just laid out. And granted, you're practicing against yourself. We'll see what happens on Sundays. But I, I think that everybody there is really excited. The quarterback will be on the move. Look, the running game can't get any worse than it was. It was really, really bad. And I don't think it was Rashad White's fault. I mean, I, I had a story on him last year at Go Long. If people want to check that out, too. I mean, like Carlton Davis saw dead bodies, you know, right in his neighborhood. Just crazy yeah. what he's been through. You know, the JUCO route, living amongst the cockroaches. It was, mm -hmm. it was crazy. And he's, he's a special human being. I mean, I, I've talked to players around the NFL, and just in terms of good dudes, and you really yeah. hesitate when you just say somebody's a good person because you never really know. Yeah. Um, pretty confident that you can say Rashad White's. Oh, he special, is. Yeah. So, person. so wholesome. Yeah. Uh, for sure, but but he's really it, good too. He's really talented. Yeah, he oh, is. Yeah. And, and now, they, they have a new offensive line. And I have a I have a great deal of respect for Leonard Fournette. But with Leonard not there this season, Rashad's the guy. You know, he's yeah. the number one guy. We'll see if they add a, another veteran. But you know, this is Rashad's running back room, even so young in his career, which is super interesting. But it's funny because when we had Canales on, we were talking about boxing earlier. He likened this Bucks offense to a boxing fight in terms of. You know, there's a lot more shorter routes this year, mesh routes. So he said, we're going to hit you yeah. with the body blows, but then we're going to hit you with the haymaker with the big play down the field. And he's like, when you watch a boxing match, they only throw like four or five haymakers yeah. in the whole fight, but you only need the one or two to really, um, you know, 
KO the opponent. Yeah, yeah. KO the opponent and, and, and make the big play to win the game if we're talking football. So I want to bring this back to the defense as well. If there's going to be an improved offense, you're talking earlier about how the defense didn't get enough love for what they did in the Super Bowl in 2020. Even last year, with the struggles the Bucs had, that defense was keeping them in every single game. Like, we want to point to the big comeback against the Rams that Tom Brady had and against the yeah. Saints that Tom Brady had. But what we fail to remember is that the Bucs offense struggled the entire game, and it took yeah. the last drive of the game to overcome the opponent, and that's because the defense was keeping their opponents to under 20 points. And so when you have this nucleus still there, and they re-signed Levante David, and they re-signed Jamel Dean, it baffles me that people are like, they're going to tank for the next big thing at quarterback because they have all the parts right in front of them. Completely agree. And it's just like the laziness amongst fans, not only fans, but a lot of people in the media where you just see the situation at quarterback and assume doom. Oh my God, Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, this team is finished. Foot- I'm not saying it's going to happen. Carlton Davis is right. Like, it's 53 players. Yeah. It's a team. I, I, Tyler, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it happened last year in Seattle with Geno Smith. Nobody Absolutely. had any confidence in Geno Smith except for Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. That's it. That, you know, when, when you made that, that trade for Russell Wilson, shipping him off to Denver and. You know, everybody wrote the Seattle Seahawks off, you know, either finishing third or fourth, depending on how you viewed the Cardinals last year. Uh, this was, you know, the Rams, the 49ers, and then nobody else. And Seattle made the playoffs. You know, they were they were one of the surprise teams last year. Right. If you're going to pull up the, the old power rankings exactly one year ago, Seattle is exactly where Tampa is yeah. right now. I mean, that's why power rankings are just stupid and a grift. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's off-season content, off-season content, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I, I shudder to think how many clicks a power ranking gets versus a, a long-form story. I'd yeah. probably want to jump yeah. out this window. <laughs> but I totally agree with you. I mean, look, if you work that kind of magic with Geno Smith and your Dave Canales, like, you know what works. You've got a system that works and credit to Geno Smith. Like he did it right. It's not, you probably can't just throw anybody out there, Uh, but the system and the infrastructure in place is why we saw kind of a historic jump. I mean, how many quarterbacks that turn into just journeymen lifetime backups put up those numbers. Mariota, Jameis Winston, you know, it's just at some point in time, the league just says "Eh, you're Andy Dalton now. Right. And not, not the Cincinnati Andy Dalton, the now Carolina Panther Andy Dalton. You know, that's just how it is. Uh, but you know what else works? You mentioned what works. What works for us here at Pewter Report is Celsius, the official energy drink of Pewter Report. I would say that's the newest flavor, Oasis Vibe, which is absolutely one of my favorites. Sparkling prickly pear and lime. But it's not the newest flavor. They have a new one, a new vibe called Cosmic Vibe. I just found out about it today. We're going to be getting some... So, Matt, and we'll ship some to you, Tyler. Do you drink Celsius at all? Hey, hey I ain't going to turn that down. Okay, that yeah. Damn if you, if you haven't tried Celsius, in. folks, this is the best time to do it. Why? Where do we always point you? We always say go to Amazon, right? Get the subscribe and save and save money. Have it ship right to your house. Well, folks, I put this in the link before, and Matt will put it in the uh, the comments. Amazon Prime Days, right? Today, tomorrow, a uh, whole bunch of stuff on sale. You can get Celsius for up to 30% off. It's absolute time to buy Celsius. Um, sparkling lemon lime, orange, 
You've got the, the vibes, tropical vibe, Arctic vibe, peach vibe. Those are the originals. So many flavors of Celsius, so much energy in each can, and no sugar crash. Why? Because there's no sugar. That's the best part about it. Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, well, what if I want to just try a can before I go buy a whole case on Amazon? Okay, that's fine, and that's fair. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, type in your address, and then you'll see all of these different grocery stores and convenience stores and health and fitness stores around you where you can buy a can of Celsius, try a couple flavors. Um, they even have it. What, what's that? What's that thing up north, Matt? Where you get Celsius? I believe it is called a bodega. Bodega. That's right, bodegas. Uh, Tyler, you, you probably shop at some bodegas up there in New York, do you not? <laughs> I leave. I leave all the shopping to uh, my wife Gina, thankfully. So smart man. I, pro- I probably should chip in. You know, throw my throw my hat in the ring from time to time, but that's okay. Yep. She does. She does a great job. Well, make sure that uh, that you drink Celsius, folks, when you're when you're picking out your energy drink, because it works for us here at the Peter Report Podcast. We call Dave Canales the human Celsius. We're going to ship some to him and Brad Edzik as well, uh, because uh, the, not that those guys need more energy, but they're going to be in for a long season. So uh, a, a <laughs> lot, lot of install, first-time play caller. He's going to need some Celsius, so we're going to be uh, happy to do that. Uh, Celsius powers active lives every day with essential energy. Uh, Tyler, before we let you go, and we appreciate your time, fantastic article. You've got some great long-form articles, and I agree with you. As, as someone who, you know, back back in my day, we used to write Buccaneer Magazine. It was Pewter Report Magazine before we had a Twitter page or a website even. And we wrote those long-form stories. You know, that's 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 what was, you know, was prevalent back then. Thousand words was short. It was two, three thousand, four thousand words sometimes. My my columns, my SRS Fab Fives were usually five to ten thousand words. Uh, I'm glad they're not anymore because okay. I have arthritis. But um, it it it's it's great to dive deep, right? To go below the surface level and and to get uh, to the heart of of your subject. And what a great job you did with Carlton Davis. We have a super chat here, and. Uh, because of your neck of the woods, you went to Syracuse. Is that right? You got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you are you are our in-house resident orange man uh, expert. And we have a question from, it's a super chat, from LDBC's Most Wanted. Uh, Saludos PR. I wanted to ask, what rookie do you expect to have the biggest impact on the season? And why will it be Sean Tucker? Could be a Jason Light <laughs> gem. So uh, just to catch you up to speed, Tyler, uh, Sean Tucker, you, you know, he has a heart condition and the Buccaneers uh, are expecting it to clear up. They're shooting for training camp or in training camp. They believe that, that it'll be cleared out of his system by then. And, uh, that, you know, if you talk to some people, uh, Rashad White said that people inside the building are already calling him baby Nick Chubb. And this guy hasn't even practiced yet. He's just been a bystander. But you look at the film. And he can really be dangerous kind of in this mid-zone, wide zone with the cutback runs. He runs with power, runs with speed. What have you seen from your your fellow Syracuse Orangemen? He is a stud. He made Syracuse football watchable. I mean, it's different there. Granted, I, I graduated in, in 2010, uh, but I think this has kind of been the case since, you know, Donovan McNabb in the late 90s. It's been a rough road for Syracuse football. It's it's hard to get recruits there. It's hard to get people to, to, to care in general. Yeah. I mean, I remember going to games as a freshman because you were a freshman. Yeah. If you went there as a sophomore, a junior, or a senior, it was 
kind of sad because he didn't have anything else to do on a Friday night. Um, Every time he was on the field, I swear, and I'm watching from afar at that point, uh, he was just bowling over people or running away from humans. And I, I didn't know about the heart condition until, you know, reading about it before the draft. It's unfortunate. I, I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor. Right. Let's hope that is all in the clear because if he's healthy, I mean, I'm totally with that take. He is a steal. Um, One other player that was kind of deemed to be a steal last year in the draft and had a rough rookie outing, but the Buccaneers traded up into day three to get Zion McCollum. And he's not going to start because you have two high paid starters and two really good ones in Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. But when you look at, at Zion McCollum, you had a chance to talk to him uh, about Carlton Davis, but w- just if you can give us a, a, a couple moments uh, on Zion McCollum, what what the outlook is from his perspective as he enters year two after kind of taking some lumps and getting that welcome to the NFL moment over and over again a couple times. But uh, you talk to the people in the building, they say he's one of the more improved players this offseason. You typically see the biggest jump from players in their career from year one to year two. What was your takeaway talking with uh, with Zion McCollum? Right. I think the Carlton Davis effect is reflected in a guy like Zion McCollum, where mm-hmm. it's one thing for Carlton to say, the way I want to punch you at the line of scrimmage and play with this intensity and treat every practice like it's the Super Bowl. It's one thing to kind of say it, but then to live it and then hear a teammate say, yeah, it's different. Uh, Z- Zion said like his – Right, his position coach is telling him, Carlton's crazy. Like, he's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and he didn't really realize it until he was yeah. around him in practice. Um, so I, I think that that's how it becomes contagious. I mean, you listen to his IM column, it's like you're hanging out with Carlton Davis. Yeah. I mean, he said they want to be the, the silent assassins. They want to come up from behind and take you by the throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar imagery uh, with, with Zion. And yeah. I think we'd all prefer to talk about this Zion as opposed to the other Zion and whatever yeah. he's up to this offseason. So yeah, right. it's... Uh, <laughs> It was a pleasant conversation. I look. I in, in terms of him as a as a football player, you guys are probably breaking down more film than me. I, I just feel like he, he is a sleeper. I mean, yeah. coming up from where he did, where he could have gone to bigger schools, but yeah. he wanted to play with his twin brother. Yeah. Sam Houston State wins a championship. It's hard to be a six two six three corner and run right. and hit you at the line of scrimmage and stick with you. If if he can turn that corner. I mean, that's such a premium position in this defense. They'll be leaning on him at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Tyler Tyler got hurt like early in training camp. And Zion. uh, Sorry. Yeah. Zion uh, got hurt um, early in training camp. And I think that kind of really hurt his development a little bit. Because then when he comes back and he's still trying to like figure out the playbook, and then he had to start in some games or get a lot of playing time because of other injuries. I think it was a little overwhelming for him at first. Um, But, you know, going into this year fully healthy and fully knowing. Everything in the playbook, I think, will be great for him. I love the line that Zion had when you in your story where he was like, "Yeah, I tried to emulate the uh, you know the skill set of Carlton, and receivers just ran by me every single time." We say <laughs> yeah. Carlton has like a one of a kind type of uh, technique, really. Yeah, like he kind of like jumps up and has a wide stance and punches you, and hangs. Yeah. it's it was funny that like Carlton Davis is talking about his technique and how he hones his technique, and that's how he's able to stick with Tyree Kill, and then. Zion's like, I wouldn't even call it technique. It's really not technique. It's just him at the line of scrimmage punching you in the chest. And if you try to duplicate that, uh, good luck, because you'll probably be on uh, the highlight reel for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. 
Well, listen, Tyler, we really have appreciated having you on. This has been a blast. Uh, just as much fun talking about your article as it was reading it. So kudos to you. It was very well received by the Bucks uh, community. And I uh, just want to say, you know, th- thanks for coming on. We- we'd love to talk some more football with you when when, when the pads are on and, and the pigskin's flying. We- we'd love to-, to get your perspective on the Bucks, the NFC South, and the NFL later this year. Hey, no, thank you guys for having me. Any day, any time. I-, I love what you guys have built. It's an awesome show. Great community. That's what it's about. You have a huge community. And I'll have a- another Buccaneers story in April, August, uh, cool. early on you, in training camp. So we're down there for a while. And we'll, basically, it's going to explain why Carlton Davis is right, like okay. why he has a point. Like this, this thing can work. So I yeah. uh, have chatted with a few other folks. And I don't know if you have any Patrick Laird fans uh, out here. Unbelievably fascinating. Third, yeah. fourth string running back. I have a Q&A up with him as well. We got into like whether free will exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, try, trying to do a lot of Buccaneers stuff. It's, it's a fun cool. community. It's, as you it's guys an interesting know. team too. a lot of different personalities and yeah. it's not all Tom Brady, certainly not anymore, but, uh, Tyler Dunn, we really appreciate it. Make sure that you follow Tyler on Twitter uh, at Ty Dunn. That's with an E and then subscribe to Tyler Dunn's YouTube channel at go long TD and visit golongtd.com to read the Carlton Davis story. Plus, uh, so many other great long form, uh, articles. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Tyler. Hey, th- thank you, guys. Anytime. Yeah, it's, that's great stuff right there. Matt, when you look at, uh, you know, at Carlton Davis, gosh, if this guy can just hang on some in, some uh, of those I interceptions, <laughs> right? You know, uh, th- there he is right there with, with Zion McCollum. And, and uh, I think he and Jamel Dean, both of those guys, can really help shepherd Zion McCollum into becoming a good cornerback for down the road. He's not going to start. I mean, they, those two starting spots are locked up with guys making over $12 million in, in, in Carlton and Jamel Dean. But, uh, but I, I think Zion is going to be one of those, those guys that, that can develop into a starter at some point. It's a big step from Sam Houston to the NFL. Yeah, it really is. And he's just got to clean up a lot of stuff. Tackling was obviously big for him last year, but no one better to have your back than Carlton yeah. Davis and, Jamel Dean as well. So definitely an exciting uh, outlook for Zion going into his uh, second season. Yeah. Well, folks, if you've uh, followed along the Peter Report TV YouTube channel, we've had a lot of Buccaneers uh, over this offseason. Finally have a defensive player. Thank you, J.C. Allen, for getting uh, Bucks outside linebacker rookie Jose Ramirez. He'll be on the show tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Make sure that you, um, if you have not subscribed yet, it's really simple and quick and easy just hit the subscribe button and uh, uh and subscribe and, and help us get to 11,000 we're already at 10,900 subscribers we're on our way to 11,000 and and Matt there's plenty of other bucks coverage uh, too yes there is so please follow us on our social media at pewter report on twitter facebook instagram and threads we are on threads as well so please follow us over there and our youtube channel we are always churning out content whether it's podcast clips various uh interviews from press conferences, uh, some highlights from practice and training camp when there is uh, availability. A lot of different stuff, a lot more to come, especially as we get closer to the season. So please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are very, very close to 11,000. We would love to get to it soon. Yeah, saw saw a Saints fan in the chat, uh, which we welcome fans from from all teams uh, here on the Peter Report podcast. But we'll just leave this graphic right here, Matt, as you take us out for the day. All right, that's going to do it for us on today's show. For Scott Reynolds, for Tyler Dunn, our great guest today, 
I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching, and we will see you tomorrow at 7 p.m. for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out. See murder. <laughs>